0: This is... This,
1: this, 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 Fight Disciples.
0: We are gathered here today...
1: For the Fight Disciples. UFC and Boxing Talk.
0: Welcome once again. Thank you so much for downloading. On today's show, we are talking ring walks. The whole thing is pitch black. The whole arena. Yeah. And then get ready for some Flames. <laughs> He's here! We've got ACDC! Go on, boy! <laughs> Nick compares modern quality to absolute legendary
1: status. It's like the Thomas Haynes versus Sugar Ray Leonard <laughs> matchup of, of our generation.
0: And I've got a new best mate in Shannon, the canon, let's go champ, Briggs. And I've got a few stories from hanging out with him on Saturday night. Shannon Briggs doesn't do anything um, normally. Like, every other celebrity or fighter that was there came through a secured entrance. Not Shannon. No, no, no. He's walking on the concourse upstairs with everybody who's (laughs) having a pint and a pie.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
0: Uh, Welcome to episode 59 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much. If you subscribe on a weekly basis, if you don't, please hit the subscribe button. Trust me, uh, we give you three free episodes per week. Two from the world of boxing, one from the world of the UFC, uh, this is the first of our boxing episodes this week, and my word, it might go on for quite some time because we've got quite a bit to talk about. Eh? What a night that was. What a night of fighting, not only in Manchester, eh, but over in the States. There was some serious knockout action going on over there as well. I'll tell you something, it was back and forth, weren't it, Nicky boy?
1: It was, yeah. Even And New Zealand. Don't forget we had the heavyweight fight, yeah, like, for- fight in New Zealand for- as well. I forgot over my Cheerios, we were having a little
0: bit of that action as well, yeah. New yeah, was- WBO champion.
1: Chaos, man. Absolute chaos. What a weekend.
0: It was an unbelievable weekend. And anybody that moans at me for the cost of the pay-per-view for uh, Saturday night, i tell you, I'm going to tell you to jog on. Okay, the main event, we're going to do the negatives. Well, negative. The main event might not have been the one that gets you wet, okay? But the rest of it was a joke. It was unbelievable. We had glorious knockouts. We had sensational fights. We had real heart and determination showed by some fighters. And we had a fight that lived up and exceeded all our expectations. We thought it was going to stink the gaff out, but he did the business, man.
1: Listen, we weren't alone in predicting it was going to stink the gaff out after all the build-up and all the backwards and forwards and all the high drama. There wasn't a, you know, a fight fan out there that honestly went into Dillian White versus Derek Chisora, thinking it was going to be that, thinking it was going to be one of the greatest heavyweight fights of this generation. Absolute class, on it? They just literally punched lumps out of one another.
0: It was unreal, mate unreal and i was like i was te- texting and tweeting you from um, from the side of the ring yeah i was sat lit- i was sat literally with dillian's family and friends he's a yeah. he's a good mate of a ufc fighter called jimmy manua of
1: course who
0: was sat just behind me honestly mate it was unbelievable being around friends and family when something like that's going on it's crazy
1: yeah yeah just a war like that you know because it was such a war of attrition wasn't it it literally swung one way then the other you know Dillian was on top, then Chazora was on top. Hats off. Listen, all the respect in the world to both guys, but Dillian's the one on the rise. Dillian's the young guy coming through. You know, he's 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 got to have that fire in his belly if he's going to make anything of his career. We thought Chazora was washed up. We thought mm. Chazora was finished. So in hindsight, you don't know whether Dillian creating the animosity or, you know, throwing fuel on the fire of the animosity, say, in the, in the build-up to this fight actually worked against them ultimately because Chisora was fired up, man. He wanted it. He wanted it bad. And to be honest, when it got to the end, I'd have been happy either hand got raised. Don't get me wrong. I think, it, you know, a draw after the performance like that from both guys, I think a draw is probably a fair assessment. But uh, I, I'll be honest, hand on heart, I thought Chisora just nicked it. Same. Uh, I thought he just pinched it by maybe a round, maybe maybe two rounds at the most. But uh, uh, no complaints that Dillian got no, the decision so. at all. But uh I want to see the rematch. I want to see the next, the next twelve rounds, please,
0: mate. It was, it, I, I, I can't explain it. Listen, before we get stuck into the actual stuff that was on the screen that the majority of people that weren't there saw, I, I just need to like obviously do a bit of name dropping and like you know sh- showing off what was going on in the crowd because there was, some, it was like pantomime. I know that it's pantomime season. It was like pantomime. There was stuff going off in the crowd. There He's was, behind you. Obviously, we had the big encore afterwards when they're announcing the big cheesy. Hey, here comes Vladimir. Dum 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 and all that type of stuff. But in the crowd, obviously, Shannon Briggs rocks up, right? Shannon Briggs doesn't do anything um, normally. Like every other celebrity or fighter that was there came through a secured entrance. Not Shannon. No, no, no. He's walking on the concourse upstairs with everybody who's having a pint and a pie. And then he comes down into the arena, normally, shouting, let's go champ. The whole place goes absolutely crazy. He did it during uh, Jose Aberton and Frank Buglioni, which we'll get to in a minute. But he did that. He's walked down. He's having his picture taken with everybody. It's all going off. David Hay comes in. Tony Bellew comes in. At one point, there was 20 feet between those three men, right? When David <laughs> Hay came in, Shannon Briggs went for him. He went for him and the crowd oh. erupted. They're going, go on, do him, mate, do him. Brilliant. Pantomime going off all over the mate, all over the place.
1: I love the uh, let's go champ. I love him. He's my new mate. He's great, isn't he? Mm.
0: I'll tell you what is quite difficult. Is he though. coming on
1: the show? That's the main thing. I've you asked get him. On the show. You know, I go. think
0: he might have fobbed me off. But, uh, you know, we, we asked him and he said... Let's get him on the show. He fancies a piece of the pie. I'll tell you uh, what is quite difficult, though. Trying to hold a conversation with uh, Luis Ortiz. He came out and sat in the crowd, like, in the row in front of me. And I just tapped him and said, great performance he nodded at me and then we tried to have a conversation and I forgot that he didn't speak any English let alone any Blackburn <laughs> so, so it just did yeah it was just like miscommunication all the way he probably thought I was just like a pissed up fan behind him like you know
1: <laughs>
0: hey, where should we start with these fights let's know, do the negative I'm going to do the negative first right Malina. yeah. yeah we said everybody said what is this all about? This is not a 17, 18 pound pay-per-view fight. Eric Molina is absolutely useless. What's he going in there with uh, Anthony Joshua for? We've been saying it all along that it was there purely for the American audience to appease Showtime, all this type of stuff. And we were right, man. The guy, mm-hmm. you thought, listen, this is your last chance, Saloon. If you're going to have a go, let's have a go. There was no ambition. He just came out. He looked scared shitless from day- from the moment Anthony got in the ring. And you're thinking to yourself, whoa, this, this might not even last three. This is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, exactly. He had no ambition whatsoever. That's that's right on the money. You know, he, he did not enter that ring to win that fight or even be competitive in that fight. He looked completely bamboozled by Anthony Joshua before. You know, as soon as he threw one punch, when you know the, this guy went eight rounds, I think it was with Deontay Wilde in the world title fight just last year, and obviously he beat Thomas Adamek at the start of this year to become the you know to get his shot at Joshua, if you like. So on paper, he should never have been that bad. You know, it, I don't know whether it was a mandatory at the weekend, but with him being an IBF interim champ, i am hazard a guess that it was. So, Anthony, you know, this was the guy that the IBF wanted Anthony Joshua to fight next. So, he was awful, man. If that's the case, fucking hell. That says a lot about the heavyweight division right now that this was the best guy the IBF could put forward. But let's be honest, Eric Malinak, I can rattle off four or five names, top of my head, right now that would have done more than Eric Molina. And I'd probably include, you know... The two the two that fought before him. Well, exactly, yeah. Obviously, both Del Boy and uh and Dillian White, as he's shown previously, would have given Anthony Joshua far more a bet, you know, more of a test than that. Huey Fury, David Price. These are just British guys that would have at least had a go, at least threw some leather back in Anthony Joshua's face. But hmm. Molina... He was so disappointed. So disappointed. It's like an ugly punch bag. That's what he looked like. Just like a big, (laughs) ugly punch bag that come for a payday. And that was the most frustrating thing, especially after Dillian White-Cesora because you were up then. And don't get me wrong... We're British, we're, we're fight fans, we love Anthony Joshua, we love what he's doing, we love the potential that he's got, but right now it's still fucking potential. yeah. Because we've never seen him in with someone throwing serious leather back in his face. Dillian White's probably the best test he's had, and Dillian White, let's be honest, is still domestic slash fringe European level. You know that's, How good is Anthony on, Joshua? Well, we
0: just don't know. That's the only fight that's gone further than three rounds for Anthony Joshua. He's had 18 fights, 18 knockouts. Dillian took him to the seventh round. Yeah. Everything else has been finished within three.
1: Exactly. Listen, I ain't blaming Anthony Joshua. You can't blame Anthony Joshua for what he's doing. He's been nothing short of outstanding. Yeah. But let's, you know, let's be honest here. Let's look at the 18 fights on his record and be totally honest. And, you know, you're lucky there to pick anyone... Of world White, level. Of world level. Of There's world no, level. There's no one at not world level. Charles, not even
0: Charles Martin was world level. Man. Charles Martin
1: was a paper champion, as he proved when he got in the ring and completely capitulated. Brazil, completely hand-picked, dope of an opponent with a paper record. And then Molina, as he proved at the weekend. Another, you know, uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing or whatever it is. It, it, it's, it's frustrating because what's happening now is Anthony Joshua gets th- thrown in at the Klitschko level. Now it doesn't get any higher than that, Klitschko Fury, you know, hey, these are the big guys, the top best guys in the heavyweight division mm. he's gonna mix with next, whether he likes it or not. The problem is, having never fought anybody of that level, will Anthony Joshua be able to compete when someone when does Leather coming back in his own way? And when he distance. isn't able to just get rounds, forward and throw rounds. Exactly. he's
0: not a rounds either, has he? Professional or, rounds.
1: Right now, he's been able for eighteen fights just to be able to walk straight forward and unload heavy leather. He's been able to do that. He hasn't faced an opponent that's cutting off the ring, that's got good foot movement, that good throws good leather jab. back, in the, that feeds him a jab. He's, he's not faced anything like that. Mm. Now, he, that may well be going on in the in the gym in sparring. Of course, you'd like to think you'd like to think Anthony Joshua is getting better sparring than he is fights because yeah. if he isn't, he's going to get absolutely nailed by Klitschko in April.
0: Mm. But do you think the announcement? Um, of obviously that pantomime at the end where Eddie roused the crowd up. This is what's happening. It's AJ and it's uh, um, Klitschko, which by the way, we broke last week. We told you it was going to happen. If that, uh, you know, when uh, they won the fight, they announced it April 29th. We even give you the date last week. It's been announced. But do you not think that that detracts from how bad Melina was? Because nobody's talking about the Melina thing, really. They're talking about, whoa, we got the super fight now.
1: Well, exactly, yeah. And obviously, obviously, Dillian White against Derek Chisora helped as well. Absolutely, because that, yeah. That, that made a lot of headlines on, on Monday as well. So, you know, it, it is the next step. It's got to be the next step. I'm just concerned that, you know, Anthony Joshua has been, whether you like it or not, he's been fed opponents for 18 fights. He is not being fed Klitschko. Maybe maybe they think maybe Klitschko, Klitschko the is going to be 41 when they finally fight in April. Yeah. He hasn't fought himself for 18 months you know the performance he did against Tyson Fury. You would think, wow, he, he never before. But that performance against Tyson Fury, it looked like Klitschko had gone. It looked like he'd fell off the edge. Mm. But Tyson Fury is an anomaly. He, 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 no one else in the heavyweight division fights like Tyson Fury. Mm. He's a, just a huge, big, six foot nine freak of nature. Nobody moves like him. Nobody fights like him. Nobody throws the punches he does. He's a he's a box of tricks. Yeah, Anthony Joshua isn't that. Anthony Joshua likes to plough forward and throw heavy leather. That's what Klitschko's been fighting his whole career. Klitschko's a wily veteran. He's got good experience and lo- way more experience than Anthony Joshua. I don't know. It's a completely different fight. It's a fight that's going to suit Klitschko a lot more. They're both similar size. I think they're both, what, six six. Mm. Both similar build. You've got to go with, you've got to side with Klitschko at the moment because Klitschko's got the experience. But, you know, Joshua's. You can never tell with a knockout puncher how good they actually are. At the end of the day, if you've got heavy hands, you've got heavy hands, no matter who you're facing. Mm. But when you get to a certain level, people know to slip shots. People know to stay out of the way. Shots use their footwork to get out of the way. So far, blown away eighteen. You know, eighteen guys. Dillian White aside, then seventeen guys that have got nothing coming back at you. Doesn't set you up to fight one of the greatest of this heavyweights of this generation. It's it's a big step, man. And maybe he's ready. Maybe I hope he's ready. Of um, course, I hope he's ready. But we just don't know because he's never beaten anybody of note in eighteen fights.
0: He's a classy dude, though. Both of them are classy guys.
1: Th- Mint, that's... absolutely brilliant and fantastic for boxing. Yeah, fantastic but, for boxing.
0: But because they're classy and because they're fantastic for boxing, the build-up to this is going to be boring as shit.
1: It's going to be very respectful, isn't it? Because that's the way these two guys do business. Come
0: on, man. There ain't going to be no tables being whizzed around, is there? Nah, nah, no, no. Nobody's is... dressing up as Batman.
1: Exactly. You know, you're seeing the head-to-head in the ring on Saturday night. It was very cordial. They were shaking. They must have shook hands and bumped fists about a thousand times. <clears throat> and they were obviously having a little bit of a love-in and a I respect you and you yeah, respect play, me man. kind of thing, which is which is nice, you know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't. this doesn't need a hard sell. I think anyone who knows anything about boxing, any kind of boxing fan knows that on April the 29th, we will find out whether AJ is for real or he isn't. That is it. That is it. There's no more hiding. there's no more pantomime, there's no more hand-picked opponents by Eddie Hearn, there's no more showboat. The the truth will come out on April the 29th. Hopefully, hope, 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 Anthony Joshua is the real deal and he smashes Klitschko to bits and that generation has gone And Anthony Joshua is the next generation to drive this heavyweight division forward. God, we hope that happens. But until they touch gloves in the centre of the ring in Wembley Arena, we just don't know.
0: Sticking with the heavyweights on that undercard, probably one of the fights of the year. A lot of people are calling it the fight of the year. I don't know where you're at with it, mate. Let's get to that discussion. White Chisora, we were saying, we've said it for weeks, listen, all this build-up, all the fireworks are going to happen outside the ring, they're going to stink the gaff out. We've got history of Del Boy just... Uh, stumbling his way through fights and nicking stuff and we don't know where uh, Dillian White is whether he's prepared to go and risk it I tell you something they put it all on the line man all all of it just went into that ring and I tell you one thing as well I don't know if this came through on the TV when, when Del Boy came into the ring the crowd booed him they absolutely went to town on him uh, giving him loads of abuse Yeah. After round five, which in my opinion is round of the year, yeah. after round five, the whole of the arena was on his side, chanting his name, all sorts. It was it was the most amazing three hundred and sixty turnaround of attitude towards a fight that I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and I just hope he can he, he builds on it now. You know, I just remember watching the fight against Pulev earlier this year. The, I think it was a European title fight, and he was just. It just looked like he was finished, he just looked like he was looking to eat, eat his way through fights, and that's why heading into this one with all the table thrown and all that, you thought, Chazona, man, just do it in the ring, never mind all that crap, never mind all that drama outside of it. Let's just produce it on the night for a change. Why don't you don't hold and spoil your way through this fight? But boy, he didn't, did he? He took it to uh, he took it to Dillian White, and uh, I loved it, man. Every single round, I, you know, it was brilliant. one of them fights that uh, was brilliant. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it quick enough the next day to, to score it again because in the heat of the moment, you're watching it, you're, you're jumping on social media, you're trying to follow what everybody else's views are and, and you don't want to miss it either. You're kind of engrossed in the rounds, mm. engrossed in the action. Because, you know, it looked like a couple of times, One, you know, both of them looked like one shot away from being sparked. Mate,
0: so, hard boys. They, they To stay NBA. on their feet the way that they did, it was just a joke, man.
1: Yeah, incredible chins. Mm.
0: Like, like I said, the round of the year for me, number uh, round number five between those two guys, just back and forth, back and forth. Many people might argue that Frankie Gavin, Sam Egginson round six from earlier on this year, which was an absolute screamer, might well, argue that that is round of the year for me because it was heavyweights and because they just stood up and belted the living daylights out of each other. That, and because of all the animosity that went beforehand and I wasn't expecting it, maybe, round number five, Dillian White, Derek Cisora, without any shadow of a doubt, is my round of the year. Beautiful stuff.
1: It was a belt, yeah. Absolutely brilliant.
0: Sticking with heavyweights,
1: we'll do, we'll do the other
0: one that was in Manchester, Luis Ortiz, Dave yeah. Allen. Dave Allen surprised me, man, because he yeah, come too, in, yeah. what were it, two stone overweight, really? Yeah. He, it looks like he doesn't take it seriously. He's hard as nails, that boy, man. He is hard as nails. And I'm gutted that he didn't get to see the bell. One second! One second! I'm gutted that he didn't get to see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. me too. He was yeah, shipping, don't get me wrong. Was, if it, if it, if, it, if it
0: happens like a minute into the round, of course you saying stop it because he's taking it. But because it's only a second now, you're thinking, oh, I'm gutted for you, mate, because you deserve to see it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, 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 well, I do agree, but then there was another fight on the card where, you know, it should have been stopped way earlier. So you, you kind of get a little bit... Yeah. You know, but I, I think that he, the referee really had no option but to stop the fight. Yet it would have would have been nice for Dave Allen, a nice kudos to say he went to distance with, with Lewis Ortiz. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, he was down on the cards anyway. So, you know, at the, at the it was probably a, it was probably a safe stuff, It probably could have come a little bit sooner, actually. To be honest with yourself, so. mm. I'm going to am going to jump to I'm
0: going to jump to New Zealand. All right. There are listen if if you're listening and you're thinking why you're not going on about Your we're having a special bit about Your Chill, man. All right. First, um, champ, world champion from Birmingham. That's all coming up. We've got Scott Quigg. We've got we've got Callum Smith. We've got the owner and Burton fact, We've got so much to talk about. But I'm just trying to keep it on the theme of heavyweight because we've got another uh, WBO world champion. Yeah. In um, Joseph Parker, this happened obviously on Saturday morning our time over in New Zealand. He was taking on Andy Ruiz personally, and I kind of agree with Steve Lillis who was doing the who, who was doing the calling of the fight with Buncy. Louis, uh Ruiz threw this away, man. He had, he had this fight in the palm of his hand, and he took his foot off the gas and threw the fight away. I don't know where you're at when you were watching it. He didn't do much for me, Joe Parker. He won it on his jab.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah. To be honest, I. Scorn it I didn't watch it until Sunday night and scorn it I actually thought I actually, I had Rui's far enough ahead that I, I thought he'd just nicked it to be honest with mm. you I thought Ruiz probably deserved the belt um, I, I'm like you yeah for, for me Parker didn't go out there and command the world title belt he didn't go out there and forthrightly take it you know mm. vacant title belt so I, you know I'm kind of with you I, I didn't think he'd kind of done enough but then you're right Ruiz went to sleep on him and Ruiz just kind of, at one point I was screaming thinking what are you doing mm. you're ahead what are you doing don't throw it away now but ultimately you did throw it away and a little bit of history was had made obviously Joe Parker becomes the first ever uh Kiwi heavyweight champion of the world which is brilliant for him but uh, you know that's to be honest with you that's that that's that's a weak champion as far as I can see. I think the 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 yeah. world there's other heavyweights out there licking their lips at the thought of facing Joe Parker. None more so of course than Huey Fury, who we've been told now as the mm. mandatory contender.
0: Well I caught up with him after that fight. You can there's a full interview if you want to go and download that, that's available now on uh our, our podcast interview with Huey Fury. We talked after that fight, and he's licking his lips because, like you've said, he is the WBO mandatory. You think, yeah. Personally, I think he beats... That Joe Parker that turned up at the weekend, I think Huey Fury beats him all day long. Huey Fury's talking about fighting uh, Deontay Wilder. He prefers that one because it's a more difficult fight.
1: Yeah, Deontay Wilder, I've heard that for February, March. Potentially yeah, yeah. in Manchester, I've heard. So... Uh, it's good on Huey Fiori, man. The kid's got options, <laughs> you know. If it, while uh, while Tyson's away, their kid's having a good time, isn't he? Because mm-hmm. uh, Deontay Wilder, obviously, Deontay must be thinking a fight Huey Fury in his hometown. It, it laws Tyson Fury back into the ring. The guy who had the titles taken away from him never lost them in the ring, so that would make him the uh, the undisputed champ. I, I in- get why incumbent. Deontay Wilder would yeah. take that fight, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Kraken petition for Huey Fiori because as you say if you don't get Deontay Wilder and the big money fight there then Joe Parker's an easier fight and it's a world title belt anyway
0: mm. before we move on to everything else I think we'll have a little bit of a break talking about boxing I want to talk about um, entrance music because I'm a big fan of entrance music mate you know what I mean yep. I think it, it adds to the theatre you've got, you've got to bring the theatre it's okay yeah. shouting your mouth off and throwing tables around and all that type of stuff but you've got to make me feel like I'm watching WWE when I'm, when these guys come when, in
1: when it's done right when it's done right yeah, listen you know, like, Chris, Chris Eubank walking to the oh, ring to simply the best oh, you know sensation come on, yeah. Pri- Prince Nazim walking to the ring to the live rapping of Puff Daddy was wank let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> when he flew in on a flying carpet and Puff Daddy was waiting for him and rapping that was awful man and listen I, I, ain't, I ain't hitting on no hip hop I love my old school rap but that was poor Done right, though. A good ring walk, man. It, it, it nails it. My my old, uh, old isle, Sh- Shane Neary, used to come out a little bit of Pink Floyd and then uh, the Irish Rover. And, oh, my God, it was just sensational. Beautiful,
0: Beautiful. Well, last week on the show, we asked whether uh, the people that listen to the show, thank you so much for getting involved with this, thought that Die Hard was a Christmas film. Um, they agreed with you, mate. 100% it is a, a, a Christmas film. Thank you very Definitely. much for contributing via our Twitter. So this week, I want you to vote on these three, Okay. I've got three entrance tunes that we've heard in the heavyweight division over the weekend, and for me, they're all screamers. There's one that stands out, and it's obvious because I'm going to go crazy when I play it, but check this <laughs> out, right? So Josie Parker's walking to the ring, yeah? Are
1: you feeling it? I'm feeling it. It's in the air, isn't it?
0: <clears throat> There's something quite calming. The calm before the storm type of track, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a good one.
0: So you got Phil Collins. Oh, look at that! It's coming now. It's coming. Yeah. It he is the big Kiwi.
1: That's it. Get the line going, all that stuff.
0: <laughs> and then obviously the old drum beat kicks in. Oh, you. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go.
1: It's a cool one, isn't it? Well, I'm thinking. I, about... I think you can only get away with this if you're a heavyweight. This Absolutely. is a heavyweight workout. track, isn't Absolutely. it, you don't you, you don't play this if you cal your fly because it, it just doesn't match. No, doesn't work if you're a flyweight. You've got to be a big. That's boy. That's it.
0: That's it. It's a big boy with the, with the calming influence. You know what I mean? Calm big boys are frightening.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, go on, Phil. Yeah, Phil, yeah, sing yeah. me the
0: song, brother.
1: <laughs> I can imagine the uh, the Auckland crowd must have yeah. been going ballistic when this was on.
0: Lights, out. It's, it's like a it's like a lights out vibe. Yeah. Everybody's got the phone on. Lights on. Oh, frightening stuff.
1: It's a good one.
0: Right, okay. It's going to take
1: some beating. that, actually. I like okay. that one.
0: Okay, all right then. We'll check this out. This one was a little bit of a juxtaposition. Posh word for me, that. Uh, yeah. Number two, yeah? Derek Chisora. Have
1: you have you checked with the lawyers, actually? We're not playing too long, too long of these tracks, are we? Ah, oh, fuck it, mate. If they sue
0: me, oh, okay. your money bag, you can pay it, right? you ready? <laughs> Here we go, then. Are you ready for this? Derek, Derek Chisora. <laughs> Same vibe as Parker. Different yes. tune, but the same vibe, like a different type of track for a big old heavyweight. This when this came on, I was like, is he? Is, is this the right Ch- like music? He's <laughs> Derek Yeah, exactly. He's Derek Suzona coming out to the Eagles. Wasn't what? <laughs> Where am I? Oh, it was brilliant, man. Brilliant. And then all of a sudden flames go up. God, Derek son! Come on, lad!
1: See, this is uh, this is definitely the Eastern European influence. I think he's he's spent so long out in Germany and Russia over the last few years, both competing and training. I think the Eagles are still top of the charts in Russia, so uh, maybe that's
0: what it is. Well, they've only just released this in Russia, I think, haven't they? It's a brand (laughs) spanking new track. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is Christmas number one. Whole crowd getting ready to sing along to it. I like stuff like that because obviously yeah, yeah. the match room guys they do the Sweet Caroline thing that they robbed off Rocky Fielding. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. Robbed, robbed off. off Rocky Fielding. Yeah, so, but that's okay. Okay, I'm feeling it. Okay, it's, I, I'm still going with Joe Parker at the moment. Oh, yeah. I think Joseph Parker more menacing. Phil Collins was a bit more menacing. Yeah. To right. so be honest, if I was waiting in the ring and an opponent come out of this, yeah. you know, I wouldn't feel that threatened. Yeah, but you. you
0: like. mean, well, what about this then? Right, just listen to the hook, man. Here we go. welcome
1: Yes, still, boy!
0: California. It's there. For me, that's there, right? But I'm, I'm with you so far. I'm,
1: I'm just feeling the dance floor right now. I'm not feeling a, a fight.
0: That's like kicking out time at end of the Wrong night. Wrong vibe. That, it? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Wrong vibe. That's,
1: right. a, that's a one o'clock, better find myself a beard before I go home music.
0: Right. Well, there you go. So, he's in the ring. He's just come out to that. Second out, same fight. He's come out to that. Crowd's yeah. pumped. They've just been singing. Yeah. Lights go down.
1: Cam- swaying. The crowd have been Go swaying on, with their lighters yeah, out it. and stuff. That's
0: it, that's it. Lights have gone down now. Are
1: you ready? Okay. Let's do it.
0: Everybody was like going, is he fucking yeah. coming out to Jaws? Yeah, what a lad. I love mashups
1: You can't beat a good mashup up for the ring walk, I think. Something yeah. like this. You know, like Bellew has the bombs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then it kicks into uh kicks into Z cars. Yeah. I love it. I love a mashup for the ring walk.
0: Conor McGregor does it, doesn't he? When he comes out to the UFC, there's a lovely little bit of Irish pipes and then all of a sudden he comes out to Notorious B.I.G. Boom, boom! Right. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> You've got to have the mash-up. Dillian, right? So it's black. The whole thing is pitch black. The whole arena. Yeah. And then get ready for some flames. Go on, Dillian, son! <laughs> He's here! <laughs> we got ACDC! Go on, boy! <laughs> that is mad. Dillian wins, mate.
1: All day. How's well, Dillian not winning? I, I don't know, you know. Are you Josie Parker still? I, I'm. F- See, right now, I'm thinking Chris Zahabusi in a pair of Lycra shorts or <laughs> right. Justin, Justin Fashionu in a All pair, you know, like, yeah. welcome yeah. to you, Gladiators or something like that, you know. I'm, I'm not feeling under threat anymore.
0: Mate, that is serious. Serious. Listen to
1: that. Yeah, that's <laughs> good, though. Yeah, it's oh, good.
0: Mate, serious. It's good.
1: For Crowd me, loved it. Crowd yeah, loved it.
0: For me, Dillian wins, right? But that's it. It's not down to me. We'll put a little poll up on our Twitter feed. Get there now at Fight Disciples. Go and have a little yeah. bit of a nosy. Which one do you want, Del Boy, Dillian, or Joseph Parker? Who's who's the champion of the ring walk? You've got to get a good ring watching. What would you go with? If you had a ring watching, what would you go with?
1: Well, I I did. I walked out when I. Oh yeah, I, when you did your
0: charity thing, yeah. Yeah, when go I fo-
1: when I me and me and Jimmy Neary went at it, yeah, and raised some money for charity. I come out. Oh, it's embarrassing, actually. I don't go ahead. Say. So it was a mashup. It was a mashup, obviously, and it was some. It was the uh, a monologue from Rocky Two, I think it was, uh, to kick things off to get me going. <laughs> yeah, and then when the music kicked in, oh, it's
0: embarrassing. Go on, some bouncy was, house I, shit, weren't it?
1: Out of all the songs I could have picked, it was um, "Stronger" by Kanye West. What? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. It's one of the biggest regrets of my life. Like, literally the biggest regrets of my life. And beforehand as well, my dad Why had said to me... Why did you choose that? What are you walking out to? Well, Kanye West, the college dropout, whatever album had just come out and everyone was loving it. And I was like, I've been running to it and training with it and everything else. It was on in the gym when we were sparring all the time. But literally the day before, my dad went, oh, have you picked the walkout tune? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got this, like, Rocky mashup thing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're only going to do this once in your life definitely just walk out to Rocky and then afterwards he was like I thought you were just going to come out to the Rocky theme tune what the fuck was that <laughs> he was fuming so you went with the Kanye what?
0: West one and not the original Daft Punk one yeah
1: I went with the Kanye West
0: back. oh what was that someone else interrupt- so you just Someone's went fuming. someone you just went with the original, sorry, I went with the original it was, you went with it Kanye was, West, it was the Kanye
1: West Daft Punk remix thing yeah yeah Not listen not the worst song in the world but when you're only going to ring walk against the former world champion once in your entire life yeah man I should have picked something better. What would you have gone with?
0: Come on, if you had your time again, what would you go with?
1: Um, I don't know. It's... it's I'm trying to think now What's what so, my favourites so, have been over the years. The thing is,
0: simply the best is mint. It, it is, yeah. But, Banks is mint, man. Yeah. Bellew's not going to like this, but I like David Hayes.
1: Ain't no
0: stopping us now. I like that one.
1: Yeah, it is. That's not a bad one, yeah. That's not a bad one. See, I couldn't do... In fact, David Price walked out to Ring of Fire one time. That oh, was excellent. Yeah. That was excellent. But uh, saying that, I'm from Liverpool, aren't I? So it should really be a song by... Uh, who, who does everyone walk out to? Fucking the, the, Paul Smith, Derry Matthews. Deacon Blue. Deacon Blue. Deacon Blue kind of sponsor every Scousers ring walk, evidently. So to be fair,
0: Callum's is really good, man.
1: Maybe it should be a Deacon Blue song, yeah.
0: I'm looking for what Callum's now. Can you see what I'm doing now? I'm just going through my uh, catalogue. Yeah, yeah, Callum's is
1: on, I'll have it. I'll have it. I'm trying to think of some belters over the years, some really good ones. Obviously, it's... The, the Who it, now has come kind yeah. of synonymous with the UFC on it because mm. The Who have got some belters, Babber O'Reilly and stuff like that. Yeah, That, that shit gets me going 100%. Here's it Cal- really. it
0: Callum's. It's good, this. To be fair, it is quite good, isn't it? See, I like that.
1: Yeah, a lot of people
0: change it up, man, don't they? A lot of people change it up, but I like I like everybody. I like you just having the the same tune.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Me his too. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Paul's yeah. is a good one, isn't it?
1: Very good. Yeah. For
0: those that don't know, this is Paul's mess. This is why he classes him. What well, his nickname is, the Real Gone Kid. It's a beauty, this, isn't it? Woo! Yes. Hang on, what we're we doing? We're messing about because. <laughs> Rockies is the best, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Not- I was just going to say, drop Rocky Fielding's, man. This is oh, proper music. Oh,
0: where are we now? Proper music. See, even when, when your promoter's nicking it to to get the crowd going.
1: Even when you're not on the bill. Yeah, that's yeah. when you know you've got yourself an absolute hey, belter. Yeah, exactly. This is Rocky Fielding's.
0: Go on, Rocky! Sword, he's in it!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? This is absolute dynamite. Sadly, we've got a podcast to crack, on not we? So uh, I'll uh, I'll leave it there.
1: Yeah, maybe we should bring it... No, we should do in 2017. We should bring out a Fight Disciples... Compilation. A uh, compilation album. <laughs> we'll, put on, we'll put it up on YouTube. <laughs> put it on YouTube and let everyone download it for free, yeah. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store.
0: Now then, away from Ring Walks, there was uh, some, let's say, lighter guys in action uh, over the weekend. Um, Bullione versus... Jose Burton, Jose Burton, we met up with last week. We had a little bit of a chat with him. Top boy, I was right behind him, rooting for him. Yeah. As a, as fights go, you, you've got to take your hat off to Frank Buglione because well, you've mentioned this on many occasions regarding what it means the Lonsdale belt to fighters, what it means to him, and you could tell he stepped up in weight. He's got an opportunity to become. Uh, the British champion at light heavyweight and he would not go away mate he would not go away he wanted it so badly he needed a Hollywood punch in the last round and
1: boy did he find it he was sensational wasn't he and, um, you know I was I was banging this on social media at the time as well Nicholas Walters man take note take note <laughs> this is why you don't quit just because you get getting embarrassed listen And I'm I'm, I'm Again, I'll reiterate what I said on social media. I am not for a second comparing Hosea Burton with Vasily Lomachenko. What I am saying is, Hosea Burton's winning well ahead on the scorecards, well ahead winning the fight, heading into the final couple of rounds. You know, it's in the bag. It's in the bag. He's just got to dance his way through the championship rounds and he retains his British title. But Frank would not stop. He kept pushing forward. He kept patience. He waited for his opportunity. And did you notice it was the one time Hosea kind of pushed forward? He kind of, for the one time, he got greedy. Yeah. He, w- he went looking for the finish. Yeah. He'd, he'd outboxed Buglioni for the whole fight on the back foot. He looked Awesome. He completely used his range to full effect and his good footwork. And he picked holes in him. But in the final round, he got greedy. He went looking for the finish. And as soon as he went forward, he walked right into that shot. And it was game over. And, and good on Frank Buglioni, man. He, he took his opportunity and he finished that fight well.
0: No, it was a sensational fight. Really, really good fight. And I think if... Um, we hadn't had Dillian White, Derek Chisora after it, that would 100% been fight the yeah, night.
1: Yeah, we'd have been getting carried away and we'd be singing the you know set praises of both those guys. Again, another fight that I want to see a rematch straight away. I think Isaiah deserves it because he did get caught in the last round. But it just proves why. Listen, if you're a, if you're a big puncher and you're going in and you're the underdog going in against a, a real technical smart boxer just like this was... You should always... As long as you're not being hurt, hang in there because you just don't know. You've got a chance. Hobartier-Bereton hasn't got the natural power that buglioni has got, evidently, on Saturday night. So that's why he stayed in there. And that's why we were so peeved off the other week when Walters just quit. Because Lomachenko didn't beat him up. Walters wasn't hanging on at the end of each round. He he was more embarrassed than anything else. He'd embarrassed them because... Lomachenko proved he was just so far ahead but you just didn't know maybe in the last round Lomachenko might have tried to get a finish you know, to to rubber stamp his performance and Mm. Walters may have landed a haymaker Mm. kind of like what happened here I'm not saying for a moment it was just a haymaker from from Frank I I thought he picked his shot beautifully he waited for his opportunity perfectly but man if you're a puncher just stay in there because you just don't know and listen we've got a new British champion now proves that uh, a puncher can always find a way
0: Speaking of natural uh, power, before Callum Smith made his ring walk to that tune that we've just been playing, yeah, um, I said to a couple of people sat around me, I said, "This, it's not a banana skin. He's going to win this fight, hundred percent. He's going to win this fight, but he needs to do it in a way that sends a message to whoever wins that WBC, uh, IBF." Uh, unification fight between Badu Jack and uh, James DeGale because one of them is going to be facing him next. Well, I spoke to uh, Eddie Earn on Twitter about this but a few people have retweeted it and seen it that no matter what happens it's in writing no matter what happens that even before a rematch is allowed to happen between DeGale and Badu Jack or if, jo- uh, if George Groves becomes WBA champion they can't unify the division and sidestep and make Um, Callum, wait any longer. It's happening next. He will be fighting for the WBC uh, world title next year, whoever wins that particular fight. So I said, he needs to win this fight against Luke Blackledge. He needs to win it and send a message. It needs to be one of them where they go, fucking hell, did you see that? Mm. And as the rounds were going on, I thought, it's not going to happen because Blackledge is a tough boy. He kept coming, he kept coming, he kept standing up to a lot of the stuff. Okay, he went down a couple of times, but he kept coming and kept coming. And then all of a sudden... He threw the most amazing left hook, and yeah. I have not felt like that since George Groves got bingoed in front of eighty thousand at Wembley. You know what I mean? I haven't felt like that was. The, I felt sick. It was that good of a shot, man. He just went. It was lights out straight away. Yeah.
1: It was. It was a completely ruthless performance by Callum. And to be honest with you, I kind of, I kind of seen it the other way. I was, I was happy that Callum got ten rounds. If you'd have said to me beforehand. Drunk, you know, Callum blows him away in three, or or he gets yeah. he goes deep. I'd rather he went deep, you know. I've seen Callum blow enough people away early to know he's got the power. What he needs now, heading into a potential uh, undisputed super middleweight title fight with the winner of, of of the Gale and Jack, what he needs now is rounds. He needs live rounds in the bank. So I was quite happy that he was very patient. He never went looking for it. He never took any unnecessary chances. He completely controlled the fight throughout the entire ten rounds. And when you know. I'll be honest with you, I thought Blackledge was, should have been pulled out by his corner long before the 10th yeah. round when that left hook come. Uh, so much so, you know, I was... My stomach was flipping a little bit going into the 9th and and especially the 10th round because I'd seen enough, you know, there was no way Blackledge with a, a guy with like a 25% knockout ratio or whatever he's got, 20-odd percent knockout ratio, there's no way he was going to catch Callum Smith down the stretch. There was no signs, it wasn't like... Jose Burton versus Buglione, where mm. he was always in the fight. There was no signs that Blackledge was in the fight whatsoever. He's completely a different level to Callum Smith. That's a fact. So I didn't see the point of, of him being left in there. And it, it alarmed me a little bit because Oliver Harrison's a really good coach, a really good corner man. Um, and, and, you know, I, I certainly don't want to disparage Oliver in any way, but it, I just don't understand what his logic was in keeping Luke in there. Was it, was it so Luke can come away and go, well, you know, potentially in the future, Callum achieves the you know the the potential that we think he's got, mm. and that's to become a not even a super, just a super middleweight world champion, but a two-weight world champion. I believe. Is it so Luke can one day sit with his grandkids and go, yeah, you know, I uh, went I went I went twelve rounds with Callum Smith. You know, a two-weight world. Ch- is that what it is? Because to be honest with you, leaving people in there like that to suffer brain trauma that he suffered there, he won't be even, he won't be able to speak to his grandkids if you leave him in. Like that, there was no benefit whatsoever for Luke Blackledge to go out for the ninth round. Never mind the tenth round, and that's that was that was what spoiled that performance from Callum Smith for me. Because Callum Smith didn't need to be put in a position where he's sparked out Luke Blackledge in that manner. It, it should have been pulled out before then, but. From Callum's point of view,
0: it's a message that he's sending across the the Atlantic. It, it? is. Saying, hey it boys. is. But to
1: be, to be honest, I think both those guys I think Badu Jack and James the Gale. James the Gale's not daft. They, they know what Callum Smith brings. They know he's a massive super middleweight and he can bang already. I don't think. If anything, I think they'll look at that on paper and go, oh, took him ten rounds to get rid of to get rid of that guy." Or oh, that guy's been blown away in a round before. So, you know, they they may feel like. I don't know. They might see more they positives in that performance, it, yeah, yeah than ne- the negatives, if you like. So, but but that's what a, that's a good thing from Callum Smith's perspective. That's a good thing. They want it. He wants them to undervalue undervalue him moving into that big title fight. But again, I just didn't need to see it. I didn't need to see Callum Smith spark Luke Blackledge in the manner he did by eight, by eight rounds. It was done. I didn't need to see any more. But by six rounds, it was probably done. I didn't need to see any more. So it it just took the shine off there for me a little bit.
0: Last week we spoke to Scott Quigg. He were in great spirits. His oh. fiancée were here. We had a right old chat. His mum were here. We had a right yep. old and we were praying and said, listen, man, this step up in weight. Let's hope that there's no um, ramifications from his broken jaw, his last time out in that particular arena against France, and you're just praying that he had, everything held up. He went out there and he did a job. I tell you something, man. He was I thought he was absolutely sensational and I was gobsmacked at how hard his opponent was. Cayetano, man. He took everything Scott had, and I didn't think the stoppage would come in because every—I mean, he hit him. He must have hit him twenty, thirty times, clean on the chin, and the and the kid weren't going anywhere. He was nails.
1: It was a brilliant opponent, a brilliant opponent for his, fed, you know, for his move up to the that, that guy's been twelve rounds with tough. Leo Santa Cruz, man. Exactly, the guy was tough, and you know, talk about making statements and sending messages out there. Listen, Santa Cruz and and Frampton will both have taken note of what Scott Quigg did on Saturday night because that was ruthless. And you know what? It it was just nice, obviously. We had him in the studio. He was all happy last week. He was smiling. The most relaxed
0: we've seen him, isn't it? He's so relaxed.
1: He was and even said to us, you know what? A happy fighter's a dangerous fighter. And he proved that and then some on Saturday night. He looked, you know, potentially that's the best Scott Quigg has looked. And I know he's been a world champion before, but I've never seen him so happy. I've never seen him so bouncy. He, he just, uh, you know, he, that power has clearly travelled up with him as well to the featherweight division. You know, he could well have been taking something away from himself, boiling down to super yeah. bantam. So I know he said on the show last week, if the opportunity comes at super bantam, obviously I'll, I'll move back down to super bantam. But don't, listen, don't. The, way, the way he looked on Saturday, <laughs> there's no reason to, because there's going to be opportunities at featherweight because he he looked magnificent. Can't wait for 2017 with Scott Quigg.
0: Well, it might be Abner Mares because he's the new uh, WBA featherweight champion. We'll get to that in a minute because we'll we'll go through the international fights. But I thought he was tremendous getting that knockout. Uh, and let's move on, shall we, to uh, the new um, uh, world champion that we've got. Is it a 13 now? I think we've got here in this country. Obviously, a fantastic performance. Uh, from Cal Yafai, I just want to point out because a lot of people might not necessarily know who Louis' conception is. For me, he's one of the best in the world. I'm gobsmacked, gobsmacked that he missed weight as champion. I'm gobsmacked he missed weight. It's embarrassing that a champion loses his belt on the scales, but it, it wasn't, wasn't a gimme. It, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't as embarrassing as getting absolutely in school. Well, that's it.
0: It wasn't a gimme by me, was a it? guy
1: in his first ever world title fight. Now that was even more embarrassing than not making weight. Yafai was magnificent. Yeah, he was absolutely magnificent. We we know we we knew he had the potential. We talked about this last week. We both were confident that you know, your was going to get it done despite the fact that conception was so well thought of and is such a strong champion. We still thought that you know, Cal Yafai would get the job done. And, but I didn't think he'd do it like that. He was absolutely punch perfect. Awesome. Wasn't it? It, it, it literally was a punch perfect performance. I don't think Cal Yafai's team could have scripted it any better. The game plan was Perfect for Conception. And Conception looked bamboozled. He looked like a guy that, you know, I know he failed to make weight, so obviously he's got issues in his camp. Something has gone wrong somewhere along the lines, but my God, it went disastrously long on Saturday night because mm. he was chasing shadows. Your fire just schooled him from the first round to the last round. I thought he was magnificent.
0: Eddie Earn's already talking about um, Chocolatito, you know. my, my wow. fa- One of my favourites. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's some fight that to unify that division.
1: That would be an incredible fight, but you know what? After after the performance like that, after doing what he did why to Conception, not? there, absolutely why not? Absolutely why not? Chocolate chocolatey is he's, he's, he's pound for pound one of the best guys in the world yeah. right now. But he wouldn't he wouldn't have done that to Conception, or you wouldn't have thought that he would do that to Conception. calify's performance, make no mistake, he is a genuinely one of the best, the best. You know, potentially the best flyweight in the world right now. It was, it was it was that good. I just couldn't get over it. I just couldn't get over the golfing class mm. in his first world title fight to be fighting a guy that's got so much experience, a guy that's such a legit world champion. Yeah. That he, the conception is to do that to him, to do it in that manner. And okay, again, no conceptions. He didn't make weight. There was obviously issues. Yeah, going but even in so, there. but this is a guy that's been mixing in world title class for what? Five six years, maybe more. Mm. You know, he, this guy's been mixing a world title class before Cal even went to the Olympic Games. So, to do that, to put in that kind of performance against a guy that you know, how old is Conception? He's not even, you know, it's not like he's that old. I think he's only in his 30s, early 30s, 30, 30, 31, something like that. Honestly, for me, of all the performances on Saturday nights that I enjoyed, obviously. A J again magnificent against whatever's in front of him. But that was a fight that was done. You know, we had a feeling that uh, Bert and Buglioni was going to be a belter. We we tipped that as being a great fight. But I thought your fight was going to have to do it the hard way. I thought your fight was going to nick a point decision. I thought it was going to be tough for me. That was the performance of the individual performance of the night on Saturday night because he made conception look like a, you know a, a novice. It was brilliant.
0: For those listening that are wondering, Joshua, Cleverly, De Gale, Billy Joe Saunders, Kel Brook, Ricky Burns, Terry Flanagan, Carl Frampton, Lee Selby, Jamie McDonnell, Lee Haskins, Cal Yafai.
1: Wow. Never. So is that that every weight class now as well? We've got a world champion in weight class.
0: I don't think we've got, have we got a super bantam. We haven't got a super bantam. We've got a bantam with Jamie McDonnell. Yeah. Uh, we've got two bantams, actually, haven't we, we uh, Lee Haskins? But the point that well, I'm yeah. making with that is is that now for the first time in a long time, we have more world champions than America. America have 12, Mexico have 8, we've got 13 world champions. So don't tell me that British boxing ain't booming, man. We are flying right now. Amazing. Really, really amazing. Uh, And a quick one as well. Uh, I know that people were saying, why are you not talking about Katie Taylor? Katie Taylor does what Katie Taylor does. She went in there. She went, she, she did the business, didn't she? She came through her fight. I thought she was uh, punch perfect. Really, really good. I actually sat with Katie Taylor's mum during that fight. Yep. Do not mess with an Irish mum. She is hard <laughs> as nails. The language that was coming out of this lady, she was so polite and calm and everything before the fight. Her daughter puts the gloves on. All hell breaks loose. Well done, mm-hmm. Katie Taylor, for coming through that fight. Sensational stuff.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
0: Away from Manchester at the weekend, there was other fantastic displays from some world champions. I don't even know where we start on this, because we've already done Parker Ruiz, which was early doors Saturday morning because it was in the heavyweights, Okay,
1: I'll tell you where we start.
0: I know where you want to start. You want to start with the school. That's where you want to start, where somebody puts on an absolute clinic. Go on, talk about your mate, Crawford. Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow.
0: He was unreal, wasn't
1: he? He was absolutely (laughs) sensational. You know, obviously... We're all everyone who's follows boxing is a fan of Tens Crawford. We know the guy's the real deal, we know the guy's just absolutely you know, a pound for pound, one of the stars out there. But the clinic he put on against John Molina, uh, in his in, in Nebraska, in his, in his home state in Nebraska on Saturday night, defending his uh, WBC and WBO, uh, super lightweight belts. Oh, my goodness, what a performance! He was absolutely brilliant, and you know, watching the fight, I can only—I was just—I was getting so excited about what's to come in the new year because, you know, Terence Crawford against Manny Pacquiao—what a fight that is! At one
0: forty, that'd be what a
1: fight that is. And listen, for the second, for the second, uh, you know, potential Manny opponent running. I've got to go with Terence Crawford. I think Terence Crawford beats Manny Pacquiao. Both top <laughs> rank guys as well. I think it's a great fight. Top rank have got to make it happen. But this little mix that we've got now—Manny Pacquiao, Terence Crawford, the, the King Vasily Lomachenko—that <laughs> little triangle is got. It's got so much potential. It's got so much drama. And, and listen, I, I, I messaged you at the weekend yeah, as soon on. as I'd seen the Terence Crawford fight. I messaged you and I was like, I've just seen a flash of what's to come. It's like the Thomas Hearns versus Sugar Ray Leonard (laughs) matchup of of our generation. It's Terence Crawford against Vasily Lomachenko. We're going to have three fights. It ain't going to be one fight. We're going to have more. These two are absolute technicians of the game. Footwork, amazing. Power, fantastic. Hand speed, incredible. Defensively, Magnificence, fight off the back foot, can fight going forward, like it in the trenches, both Terence Crawford and Vasily Lomachenko, man, these two are this generation's golden era, these two are going to be we're going to get some special fights out of these guys going forward. And it's inevitable. It's in evi- they're both top-ranked guys. It's inevitable these two are going to come together eventually. I know at the moment Crawford's a couple of weight divisions above Lomachenko, but Lomachenko spoke about moving up. Crawford, of course, there's the potential for the Manny fight, but then there's the Manny fight potential for Lomachenko as well. Uh, I, this this Around this weight division, these guys now have just got me so excited because... The the uh, potential in them is just endless. Crawford, it was just. I watched it, and I, you know, if it wasn't for the wife and kids, like desperate to spend some time with me over the weekend, I'd have, I'd have just rewound it, rewound it like it's a VHS, I'd have just flicked back on the old planner and watched it from the first round to the you know to the final round again. It was just uh, I loved it, absolutely brilliant.
0: Another fighter, by the way, in that fight, missing weight, man, John weight. He, uh, he, he yeah,
1: missed it was a weekend everyone. for missing weight, wasn't yeah, it? Huge. It was a weekend for missing weight. You know, it was happening everywhere. Not they've been on the boxing. mince pies,
0: man. It's Christmas, that's yeah, what it is. It was, They're getting ready for turkey.
1: I couldn't believe how many fighters missed weight for championship fights over the weekend, mm. both in boxing and and in the UFC. It mm. was ridiculous. I don't ever know a weekend like it.
0: Mm, crazy um, Other fights that happened mate Obviously for me We were talking about knockouts um, Just over text Who who had the best knockout Of the weekend And I think I've already said That in this show That Callum Smith's knockout Of uh, Luke Blackledge Was was something that Made me Genuinely turn my stomach Something yeah. that I've not seen Since obviously Frotch Grove's part 2 As Carl likes to remind us uh, on a on a day to day basis. However, I'm sure he's going to be pissed off that Anthony Joshua is going to do ninety thousand now at Wembley Stadium. So therefore, his uh, story is irrelevant. However, um, for me, Jamal Charlo, a man, Bang. I know, for a man that I, th- I, I I still believe that Beefy will beat him. But what a shot, man! What an unbelievable shot to take out Julian
1: Williams. Yeah, man, it was absolutely punch perfect, and uh, you know, it was it was shape not to be an half decent fight that as well, obviously. Charlo was the champion, was uh, w- was winning the fight. But what a shot that was! Wow, literally just right on the button, right on the button. And Williams, I think Williams is still asleep now. But uh, yeah, that to be honest with you, that opened my eyes a little bit to Char to Charlo. Obviously, uh, yeah. I'm aware of him as a world champion. I'm aware that he's. Uh, you know, one of the strongest guys in the division. We have spoke about him and their kid before, haven't we? We spoke about them and tied them both into a potential fight with Beefy Smith in 2017. And, you know, we both agreed that Beefy would have, have the beating of both these guys. But i tell you what, that performance, that finish, it really, uh, it really opened my eyes a little bit to what, to what Charlo's got power wise, you know, because, uh, That that left it was perfectly thrown that shot. It landed right on the button. And it was it was literally a one punch knockout. It wasn't a you know, it wasn't a succession of punches. He caught him clean with one punch and Williams was put to sleep. And you've got to respect that kind of power. So do I still wanna see the fight with Beefy Smith twenty seventeen? One hundred percent. But I tell you what, it's it's a tougher fight than I actually thought it would be to be hand on heart, in truthfully.
0: Last one because uh, this one involves Scott Quigg. After his performance at the weekend, you'd think that he won't be too far away from maybe getting a shot yeah. at uh, the top belts in the WBA um, uh, sanctioning body of the featherweight division. Abner Mares is the new champion after beating Queller at the weekend, uh, split decision. But he did well. I thought he was. Uh, for me, it was wasn't a split. It was unanimous. But he ended up yeah, yeah. getting a split decision for me. Um, I, think he, I think he
1: won it by about four or five rounds. To be yeah. honest with you, I think one of the one of the uh, one of the judges bizarrely i just scored it completely wrong. You know, he had like, I think he had uh, Kular four or five rounds up, mm. whereas the other two judges had scored it properly five by, f- you know, five or six rounds. So uh, sometimes you just get these weird anomaly judges where you just think, what the, fuck the hell are you watching? Maybe
0: they're confused with the actual fighter. Maybe they think that the other guy's the other guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Read yeah, his shorts, so, mate. Yeah. His name's on his shorts. Yeah, just Read watch, that. What cor- watch what <laughs> corner he goes back to. that would give you the clue. But, uh, but yeah, I think Marez obviously deserved to to, to uh, hold on to that belt. So uh, it's just exciting now because obviously you want to see you want to see uh, Scott Quigg in with them after Scott Quigg's performance. And and Scott told us last week that if he put in a big performance, it was definitely this WBA world title belt that this was the way he wanted to go. Well, I'll tell you what, Marez has got the belt now, so negotiations are nice and easy. So hopefully we can see. I'd love to see Marez come over to the Manchester Arena in 2017. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. So there you have it. All the reviews
0: from all the fights of an epic weekend of boxing. Um, and you think to yourself, well, that's it for the new, for Christmas now. We'll all put our feet up and, uh, and retire. Oh, no. Bernard Hopkins is back in action this weekend. It's his final one. So we're going to have a little bit of a preview show of that. Uh, we are also um, going to do a little bit of an awards um. I wouldn't say ceremony, we're just going to acknowledge some of the fantastic performances that we've uh, witnessed over uh, the last 12 months. So on Friday's show, we will have some categories, some nominations, and we want you to get involved because you're going to decide, for example, who your fighter of the year is, who your knockout of the year is, all that type of carry-on. If you don't subscribe to our podcast, please do so. We're on iTunes, Fight Disciples, hit the button there, uh, and you will be able to, um, obviously, listen to all our content on the on a weekly basis and if you want to join us daily we're on social media at fight disciples uh, facebook twitter and instagram and on friday's show we've got a christmas present to dish out i uh, i've asked scott Quig for a signed pair of gloves and oh, after sweet and after what he did at the weekend i think it's only fair that we'll uh, we'll try we'll give them away on friday and hopefully i'll have them posted out uh to somebody before christmas that'd be a decent
1: little present to dish out eh? Perfect, yeah. What a lovely way to start. What a lovely way to make someone's Christmas.
0: There you go. So make sure you're with us on Friday's show um, for our final preview in the world of boxing of uh, 2016.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.